Welcome to day 121 of Shaped by the Word, uh, season three, the story of the prophets. Uh, we've just uh, yesterday experienced one of the most beautiful expressions of God's redemptive power to restore uh, not only the fortunes of Israel, but the fortunes of Jerusalem, and through that, the fortunes of all creation you know, as they come in. So, so we have a picture of uh, you know what Isaiah and Jeremiah will call a new heavens and a new earth, God's restoration of everything. Uh, not only to its created glory, but to a glory that surpasses even its, you know, created glory, which was good uh, in in every aspect. So uh, we've entered that. We come back into sixty three, and we get into normal, you know, kind of rhythm of the prophets, uh, where you have uh, not only these visions of restoration, but continued visions of judgment. This is particularly. Uh, particularly important, you know, in Isaiah, because we've gone through, you know, the, the uh, servant Psalms, the last of which was in, you know, Isaiah 53, talking about the suffering and the su- suffering servant and the grace we receive through him. And it's by his grace that we're restored, but it's not a grace that causes us, you know, to have a casual attitude toward our sin. It's a grace that brings us into a place where we want to live in the righteousness that has been bestowed on us by the servants. You're going to see this continuing, you know, conflict of judgment pronounced on the people in exiles and judgment for the nations that prepares them, you know, for the coming uh, of the Lord. So I'm Paul here with Matt, David, and Katie uh, as we continue uh, as we continue to read. Katie, why don't you uh, lift us up as we as we prepare our hearts to receive God's word? Sounds good. Father, would you do just that? Would you prepare us um, and soften our hearts? To, uh, to your word, to what you have um, to show us about yourself, your heart towards us, um, and, and our hearts. Um, what, what do you have to show us about ourselves today? Um, would you open us to what you have to do in us um, through your word and by your spirit? Thank you for these words that are, are not just words on a page. They're not just old fashioned words that were written years ago that have no meaning for us today, but that they are, that your word is living and active um, and sharper than any double edged sword. So would we be open to the work you have to do in us, in our hearts and our minds? That's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 63. Who is this coming from Edom, from Basra, with his garments stained crimson? Who is this rubbed in splendor, striding forward in the greatness of his strength? It is I, I proclaim victory, mighty to save. Why are your garments red like those of one treading the winepress? I have trodden the winepress alone from the nations, and no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger and trod them down in my wrath. Their blood spattered my garments, and I stained all my clothing. It was for me the day of vengeance, the year for me to redeem had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me, and my own wrath sustained me. I trampled the nations in my anger and my wrath. I made them drunk and poured out their blood on the ground. I will tell of the kindness of the Lord and the deeds for which he is to be praised according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel according to his passion and many kindnesses. He said, Surely there are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their Savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all of the days of old. Yet they rebelled and grieved his spirit. So he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. Then his people recalled the days of old, the days of Moses and his people, 
Where, there, uh, where is he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them, who sent his glorious arm of power to be at Moses' right hand, who divided the waters before them to gain for himself everlasting renown, who led them through the depths like a horse in open country that did not stumble, like cattle that go down to the plain. They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Look down from heaven and see from your lofty throne, holy and glorious. Where are your zeal and your might? Your tenderness and compassion are withheld from us. But you are our Father. Though Abraham does not know us, and Israel acknowledge us, you, Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer. From of old is your name. Why, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so that we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. For a little while your people possessed your holy place, but now your enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We are yours from of old, but you have not ruled over them. They have not been called holy by your name. So you have the continuing uh, images, you know, of God's, you know, judgment, you know, God's judgment here and God's vengeance here. And, and we probably ought to, you know, uh, distinguish, you know, the word vengeance, you know, usually when it comes from us, it's just it's, this it's, inordinate desire to, to, to get even. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's not something that's possessed in the heart of God. It's the inordinate desire to, uh, to remove from creation everything that is contrary to his heart and, and to his will. And, and, of course, God has proven righteousness in two things, in his judgment of all that is sinful and evil, and, of course, in his vindication, you know, through, uh, you know, through mercy uh, mm-hmm. of those uh, that are redeemed. So he's proven right both in his judgment and in salvation. What you just said, it just struck me because both – of those scenarios needed blood. They demanded blood. And in this scenario, I mean, God is working, working his judgment and his, his clothes are stained with the blood of the people, which is, you know, an awful picture, but it's, it needs to happen for justice to happen. And then for the mercy to happen, Jesus' blood needed to be spilled right. for us. And so I love that in both of those scenarios, some sacrifice had to be made for justice to happen. And I'm so grateful to be a recipient of the mercy. Right. <laughs> the mercy side. It's either, you know, uh, either by, by our own blood uh, that we, we pay for the, the penalty of our sin, mm-hmm. uh, which is not redemptive of all. Uh, but right. by his blood, you know, the, the very same penalty is by it and, and is is redemptive. So it not only pays a penalty, but it restores to wholeness, you know, those to which it has been applied. And so there was, you know, two images of life, the life, you know, that we, we have in ourselves and the life we receive from him and uh, the life that we have ourselves. The writer of Proverbs you know, said it well, it seems right, but it ends in, in death. But uh, the life mm-hmm. we have in him is life in all of its fullness and all of its abundance. And I know we all, we've talked about it a lot, but even even here you kind of see how they kind of, towards uh, verse 11, they, they kind of go back and, and have to be reminded of, of who this God is and, and the God of old and what he's done. And obviously this is a huge scale that they're looking back on with Moses and the Exodus and everything. But even in our day today, in our lives, we yeah, we can drift, we can forget. And so we have to go back and remember not so much the God of old, yes, him, but Christ and, and what he's done for us and how 
the grace and the mercy and the kindness we've been given in Christ, just as the people of Israel called to reflect on what has been done through Moses and the Exodus. And so mm-hmm. that kind of going back and I know some people call it different things, but kind of gospelizing or remembering the gospel or yeah. reminding your heart of Christ. We see that kind of pattern here. And every time I see that, it's always just a reminder for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I need to go and do no. that. And that would be, you know, where, you know, if you're in the nation of Israel, you return, remember how he rescued us right. and remember how he carried us and remember how he you know, took us through the wilderness, you know, as a, as a horse on level ground and how he caused us to rest, you know, like cattle, which is kind of a different play on the 23rd Psalm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, he's given us a nice and easy, pleasant place. And yet we, we ignored him and we walked Rejected. away from him yeah. and, you know, the judgments appealed yeah. to him. And of course, in, in the New Testament, we, we look back in the same way. The Old Testament is a dramatic world stage kind of action, you know, that God did and, you know, in front of everybody. And the New Testament is something that was kind of quiet on a lonely hill outside mm-hmm. the city of Jerusalem. But every bit as powerful or, or far more powerful, right. actually, than all mm-hmm. of that. And, and we look and see his might in the Exodus, but we also see his might in offering his son for us on the cross and in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have those those kind of themes held together, I mean, in this chapter, you know, where it begins, who's this coming from Edom? And when you begin to see Edom's the brother of Israel, you know, but often at war with Israel, yeah. I mean, constantly opposing God's people, you, you begin to see this, this judgment that comes down upon them, you know, comes down upon those who are enemies of God's people and thus enemies of God himself. And Israel then recounting this recalls, oh no, God has now become an enemy to us because we've rebelled against him. And, and so that reminder of, you know, I think there's a humbling here that's happening. And But the, but there's a twofold, seeing seeing God rightly, you know, based on who he is and his promises and what he's done. But then leading that to see ourselves rightly. Mm-hmm. You know, be, they begin to see, man, we've, we, we've wandered from God. We've rebelled. And, and so this asking the Lord to return, you know, it's just, it's important that this yeah. text reminds us that it's important to see who God is, but then leading, let that lead us to see who we are. And, and of course, we're seeing, you know, in Isaiah, the textures that we find in the prophets where in one moment you can be speaking about a glorious future in which all of the earth will be summed up, you know, in the coming one. And in another moment, you, you come into the uh, reality of the present people that are far from God and are suffering because of their sin. And then you go into the past where you look at, you know, what God has done in the past. And all of these are part of the, the textures, you know, of, uh, of prophecy, but the textures of the, of scripture as well. You know, it looks at where we are. It looks at where we've come from. It looks at the immediate hope we have and the future hope that we have. And you, you just see all of these kind of blending together, even in the final chapters of, of Isaiah. So the prophets don't give us a story the way that we, we look for a story. They give us a tapestry and it's a tapestry of hope and judgment and uh, reconciliation. Hmm. I love how that kind of all comes together. If, you know, we need to understand that there is a judgment, but there also is a hope. And when both of those are seen for, for what they are and what Christ has then offered us, I feel like verse seven just kind of makes sense, you know, well, in light of that, and when my heart's so overwhelmed with Christ, then I'll tell the kindness of the Lord, the deeds uh, for which he is to be praised according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things that he has done for Israel according to his compassion and many kindnesses. And yeah, I would love to just kind of, my heart to kind of be in that mode more often than it is. It, yeah. I need to get back to verse 7 a lot. 
No, we, you know, we do talk about what has captured our heart and nothing mm-hmm. comes more natural you know, than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like, you know, how, you know, uh, speaking of the tapestry and the fabrics of the Old Testament, how it comes in verse six, I trampled the nations, my anger and my wrath. I made them drunk and I poured their blood on the ground. And then Isaiah's immediate response is, I will tell the kindness of the Lord. And, uh, you know, and, and Isaiah is seeing something that sometimes that, that, that we don't see, that all of God's acts are done in loving kindness for the restoration of his people, for the restoration of creation, and, and for, you know, the gift of hope, you know, that he has given, has given on us. And it's a beautiful move from the judgment of God to a prayer of praise. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's a hard move for us to make sometimes because of what it does to our sensibilities. But it's the foundation that we have, you know, that uh, the very covenant faithfulness of God, the, the word that's, you know, the Old Testament word, the chesed or the chesed, uh, is in his loving kindness. And, of course, that's what Paul would say. It's that kindness that leads us to repentance. Father, we thank you that you are a righteous God, that you are right when you judge, you are right uh, when you uh, when you hold us accountable for our sin. And you are so far beyond right when you restore and redeem us. Uh, we thank you for the justice that makes you the one who uh, judges sin and justifies sinner in the same breath, which is so wonderful and beyond, you know, beyond our wildest imagination. So we will tell of the kindness of the Lord and the deeds that He's done that He's to be praised for, uh, the deeds that we see so clearly in the cross and the resurrection uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. Mm-hmm.